On this Monday of the third week of Advent, let's pray with a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Saint Matthew, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When Jesus had come into the temple area, the chief priests and the elders of the people approached him as he was teaching, and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them in reply, I shall ask you one question, and if you answer it for me, then I shall tell you by what authority I do these things. Where was Sean's baptism from? Was it of heavenly or of human origin? They discussed this among themselves and said, If we say of heavenly origin, he will say to us, Then, why did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we fear the crowd, for they all regard John as a prophet. So they said to Jesus in reply, We do not know. He himself said to them, Neither shall I tell you by what authority I do these things. The Gospel of the Lord. God loved us first, says Saint John the Evangelist. Therefore, we should think that God's salvation, His power, lies in the love He gives. It's a love that embraces us even when we can't fully understand it or accept it. The Christmas that's coming is, in a way, the celebration of God's love. God got ahead of us, and He will always do. Christmas leads us to experience that love and that truth. We can then ask ourselves, what does salvation really mean? Salvation is the grace that God himself gives us so that we can both love him and be loved by him. God's salvation and power is the outpouring of his love. Our duty is no other than accepting that salvation. How wonderful it is to discover that God teaches us to love Him, but by loving us first. From Jesus' incarnation to His death on the cross, God gives us a love lesson and He invites us to love Him. If God loved us first, it's to show us how to do it, how to love Him with that same love. Because we couldn't love Him if we weren't loved by Him first. He doesn't need our love, but He taught us to love Him in the same way He does, so that we can become what He wants us to be. When I think about the highest of the century, of the last century, and of the current one, I think about how we've been robbed of Christmas we have masterly been robbed of Christmas. We live in a consumer society. It's a society that profits from the people's desires. It has no scruples. This society 
place with our unsatisfied needs. Since we are unable to acknowledge our essential needs, we eventually give up and we abandon the most precious thing we have, the season of celebration of God's love, a God who became man and loved us first. Our weak faith, the worries in our day-to-day -day life, and our materialism have replaced Christmas in most homes by a character who gives presents, especially to children, but at a very high cost. Nothing in life is free, actually. God's grace is free. We let ourselves be robbed of Christmas, and we cannot get away with murder. That's not free. In the end, though we make loss it over, all the actions we take, everything we do, and everything we celebrate as a family bears its full consequences, especially for kids who are like little sponges. How happy would Jesus be to see that our deepest desires and our true hopes are guided towards Him? How happy would Jesus be to see that we can go against the grain these days and that we can celebrate and live a Christmas where the reason is Jesus himself and not consumerism and superficiality. We can do it, we can change, we can recover what we let ourselves be robbed of because we were lazy or slow to act. Let's not be afraid, Jesus deserves it. As in many times in the Gospels, today Jesus is put to test. He is rebuked so that he can assert his authority to what he did. And, as usual, Jesus answers with a question. It is interesting to stop and reflect on the Master's reply. How Jesus answers is more important than what he says. In fact, he doesn't give an answer this time. Did we realize Jesus didn't answer the priest's and the elder's question? In other words, Jesus had enough freedom to give an answer or not. The first lesson we have to learn is that we don't always have to give an answer. We needn't answer everything to everyone. There are pointed questions, there are unwelcome people who are nosy and only mind other people's business. There are also people like the elders of today who do not ask with a sincere heart, seeking to find out and learn, but who seek to put Jesus to the test and blame him. Therefore, Jesus decides not to answer what they want to know if they don't answer what he wants to know first. How wise Jesus is! How much wisdom we sometimes lack! We usually get carried away by other people's opinions and desires, and we don't stop to think and pray for what we must really do at a certain time and place. Jesus' non-response was not a lie. It was a simple no, a word that we find very difficult to utter these days. How hard it sometimes is to say no. It seems that saying no means letting God and everybody else down. We can say no. It's sometimes more necessary than yes. The other lesson the Gospel teaches us is how to answer with questions 
when we want to figure out the intentions of the questioner. Jesus already knew the chief priests and the elders of the people, of course, but we don't always know about other people's intentions. Reasking is a way of clarifying the situation, dispelling doubts and making sure that the other person's question is sincere and to the point. That is why seeing how Jesus answers with questions is very useful for us. Jesus even dares not answer when he feels the questions are asked out of pure malice. May the Lord continue to teach us his lessons, both with words and gestures. May he also teach us to cope with the challenges, problems and hassles of life in the same way he did. May we have a good day, and may the blessing of our merciful God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon our hearts and remain with us forever.